The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one rated sportsbook app. And you guys are the number one rated podcast audience. You know why? Because you're loyal, because you love us. Because you spread the word to your friends and family, you rate and review the show, and you spread the word via social media. We will go ahead and announce yet another winner. Marissa Smidler was so excited last week when she heard her name on the show. She emailed me. She was so pumped about that giant Steelers press pass. That was cool, especially for a frontline healthcare worker like that. That was very cool. For me, we'll have Andrew Brandt, the host of the Business Sports Business of Sports podcast, momentarily because it is a Wisdom Wednesday, and there is always time to get his expertise on that part of pro football. Sponsor confirmation email winner. It is Madden Code Week Number Four. Madden Code Week Number Four, and you can still do the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Put the code Ross in, and that'll help. But as you've heard me say the last couple days, Omaha. You know what I mean? Like Peyton Manning, Omaha, Blue Goat. No, instead I'm talking about Omaha Steaks. Absolutely delicious. I know a lot of you can't go tailgating this year. That stinks. My recommendation, tailgate at home. You've got a grill. It's not that cold. You can go out. Have a couple daddy sodas and some delicious Omaha steaks. I just got mine. Oh, my gosh. All I have to tell you is bacon-wrapped filet mignon. Probably the type of thing, quite frankly, that Andrew Brandt, because he's crazy healthy, would never actually eat. Well, guess what? I'm not Andrew Brandt, and neither are you. I eat the crap out of bacon-wrapped filet mignon. They got chicken breasts, pork chops, Burgers, Jumbo Franks. And here's the deal. If you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code Tucker into the search bar, for a limited time, Omaha Steaks will add two pounds in extra burgers and gourmet Jumbo Franks free with your order. 
free. And you'll have a great chance to win the Madden code this week, which is awesome. Week four of the Madden codes. Order today and Omaha Steaks will add four burgers and four gourmet jumbo francs to your order free. Again, omahasteaks.com. Make sure you enter the code Tucker. I want you guys to have a chance at getting the Madden code this week. And I want you to hear the wisdom that Andrew Brand has on the big show. The big show. Even when there aren't a lot of transactions, Andrew, there's still time to talk to you about the business of the NFL. And there are still things going on. I want to start with the news over the last couple days. And by the way, he's the host of Business Sports Podcast. I said that earlier. You got to follow him on Twitter like I do, at Andrew Brandt. He's everywhere. I mean, we found out last week he's helping out Allen Robinson on his deal with the Bears. He writes for the MMQB. He runs Villanova University. He's basically the president there, if you want to know the truth. Uh, He's everywhere. He's everything. I'm joking. Don't get mad, Villanova. Anyway, Andrew, coaches, they got warned after week one. Them and their teams getting fined after week two. The NFL is not messing around. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's (laughs) – Thanks for the introduction, Villanova. That is way above my pay grade. Can you imagine running a university in COVID? Uh, I give a lot of props to all these college administrators and presidents. I see what our father Peter is doing at Villanova, you know, trying to keep it alive in person education as I do every Wednesday with my class later on today. It is a challenge, man. And I've got my Zoomers. I've got 10 Zoomers that only want to do Zoom, and then I've got 40 in class, and I'm trying to toggle between the two. Anyway, speaking of COVID, <laughs> uh, you know, I think we're this is surprising to me, Ross. Before I get to the mass, we're good. You know me, and you've called me on it. I'm like, I don't know if we can do this, you know, and the NFL is doing it. And they're doing it great. And, and yeah, we had it before the season. And I said, well, now we're going to travel. And zero infections. I mean, it's amazing. I'm so impressed with the players, the owners, the staff, especially the staff, and what they're doing. Then there come the rules. <laughs> and wearing a mask, as everyone knows, is not the most convenient thing to do. But as everyone knows, it's the right thing to do in this day and age. And Sean Payton... John Gruden, among others, getting fined. Uh, I, I guess my reaction to this is, Ross, is this. It sounds like a lot of money. And I just wonder how much of this is just kind of a role modeling thing. And that's what I'm wondering is this is just targeting these head coaches. And what's the ability to pull it down to do something and how fast you have to pull it up? Uh, what is the criteria if it's off for a period of five minutes or more? I mean, obviously, Sean Payton, every time he looked over, it was off. But Gruden seemed to be on, off, pulling it down, wrong way, whatever it was. So I don't know if I'm a coach or I'm an administrator, I want to have criteria. And maybe the criteria is 100% all game long, do it. And, you know, I guess as a lawyer, I wonder, did the coaches know about this number before the season? What what was it, $200,000? And what's the fine for people on the sideline who aren't head coaches, if any? 
who don't wear a mask. What are your thoughts, Andrew? I've gotten an email question, or maybe it was a YouTube question, I can't remember, from one of our listeners that said, why do they have to wear a mask at all if they're being tested every day and if the players don't have to wear a mask while they're performing? Yeah, it's a question I've seen a lot too. And the, the my only answer is back to what I just said in terms of we're in this role modeling and they're the face of these franchises and they're kind of looking around saying, people are looking around saying, well, what's he doing? And as we know, watching football, the camera's on him all the time. So I can only answer that way because, you know, as a lawyer, again, you want to see criteria. What is it for head coaches? What is it for assistant coaches? What is it for inactive players? You know, it seems to me there are players not playing in these games that aren't wearing masks. Now you could say, well, I don't know. They have to talk to their teammates. Well, coaches have to talk to the players too. Um, If you're an inactive player not wearing a mask, is that a a, a cause for discipline? It doesn't seem so. So along with the question you got is my question is, what's the difference between an inactive player on the sideline who's probably more seeing more people than the head coach? That's a question I have. You mentioned the zero positive player test week two. Andrew, I'm, I'm floored. Um, you know, we, they're proving that you don't need to be in a bubble if you just do the right things. But I really thought once the young guys would make the team and then have to move out onto their own, maybe these teams are letting, you know, maybe these teams, I don't know this, Andrew, maybe these teams are renting out hotels for the whole season and letting the young guys stay there. I, I don't know, but I really thought, to be honest, I thought week two was when we'd start to see some more player positives trickle in as the young guys were no longer in training camp and no longer being put up by the team. I did too, Ross. And as I said, I'm so impressed. We have data now on COVID in sports. And the data is bubbles work, absolutely work, NBA, WNBA, MLS, and of course, um, NHL, zero. It's, it's been brought to zero. Bubbles work. Now, the data on baseball and football is a little more complicated because of travel and non-bubbling. But the one thing I found in talking to administ- I talked to a team executive this week, and he really echoed what Jason Wright, the president of the Washington Football Club, said on my podcast, which is we are bubbling with recommendations, not strict enforcement. And the recommendation is you are bubbled. You're bubbled two places. You're bubbled here at the facility and you're bubbled at home. And basically telling players, don't do anything else. You know, that's it. So you are in a bubble. Your bubble is your home and here at the facility. And it seems like everyone's sort of heeding that. The executive I talked to without listening to Jason Wright's podcast said the exact same thing. And I wonder if that's a mandate from the NFL, like tell your players, tell your staff, we're living in a bubble. It just happens to be a two-part bubble. Home, facility. Seems to be working. What wasn't working Sunday, unfortunately, Andrew, was a lot of players' bodies. What a rough day. So many injuries. And what was crazy about it is there's a lot of high-profile guys, and it seemed like most of them happened like 
within the first 45 minutes of the one o'clock games on Sunday. It was Bosa and Barkley and Drew Locke. I'm going to give you a blank canvas for this one. I know you've tweeted about it at Andrew Brandt, but your thoughts on those injuries and what took place Sunday. Yeah, it was an extreme sort of uh, impact of those minutes you're talking about on Sunday where you can't even get a grip on it. Like, wait a minute, Boza, one of the top three or four players in the NFL on defense? Wait a minute, Barkley, one of the top three or four running backs? Wait a minute, uh, Garoppolo? Wait a minute, McCaffrey? Like, it was a, it was just this cascade, as you said. But here's what I tweeted, and I don't know the answer. Um, are we seeing more injuries? whether it's early part of the season or you can translate it back to training camp because we didn't have preseason games, is there more or is it simply more names, more high-profile players? Because we start getting into all these issues about, well, you know, they didn't have camp and COVID and all this stuff. They didn't have preseason games and sort of making that the narrative about why we're having more injuries. Well, first of all, are we having more injuries? I don't know. And second of all, for, you know, I'll, I'll interested in your opinion, but the lack of preseason games, really? They're blaming it on that? I mean, we had training camp. We had training camp. And these players we're talking about don't play in the preseason. They don't. Maybe they play a series or two. So, you can't chalk it up to no preseason in my mind. Now, was there less practice? And then the idea of, well, the offseason. Well, the offseason's been curtailed for 10 years. Anyone who's been paying attention to football knows the NFLPA prioritized this 10 years ago. And again, this year, you don't really have an offseason. You show up in July. So I don't I'm, – I'm brushing back against that narrative of, well, we didn't have an, as much this year. We had as much. We just didn't have games, which these guys don't play anyway. Andrew, talk to me about what happens right after you have a, a star player get hurt. Let's put your Green Bay Packers hat back on. You're the vice president of player finance for the Green Bay Packers. You're up in the skybox. Nick Boaster, Saquon Barkley gets hurt. What happens next? Well, everyone's got a role. Obviously, the most important role in that situation are the, is the medical staff. They take them in. And for a player like that, uh, not necessarily myself, but you have the general manager going in to sort of be there as well. Support the medical, support the player. And then the communication happens. You know, this, the family, they are very invested in this. And for a star player, you want to be in contact with them. That would be the training staff or that would be player development or whoever's got a relationship with the family. I would be on the phone with the agent. You know, that's always the point of contact. The agent to me is the gateway to the player. And sometimes the agent would bring in the family and the agent would be looking for information. I'd be kind of calming him. The family's calling the agent the girlfriend, the wife, the family is all calling the agent because they want to know. So we're all trying to get on the same page with that. And by the way, this is not just star players. Any player with a family is going to, you know, that's down on the field, you start getting the calls because you're the point of contact. But, you know, a star player, then you're talking about 
impacting the season. And of course the, the mundane part of it, Ross is I'd get on the phone with other agents about tryouts and players and bringing someone in. Couple new stadiums opened up, Andrew, and nobody was there. It's no fan. Um, so so sad. It really is. And I I guess I wonder how much is this going to impact the business for these teams? Because I feel like a lot of moving to a new stadium and all that stuff is the big boost and everything you get, you know, that first season where everybody wants to be at the stadium everybody wants to check it out i guess i'm just wondering what the long-term impacts of this might be well what's interesting to me ross is this lack of home field advantage you can do whatever you want with the crowd noise i think it's you know i don't want to start a fight but i think it's just kind of silly you know (laughs) the crowd noise i just think whatever you know it's for tv i guess to make you feel like you're part of it I don't know, but it's interesting to me that there is really no home field advantage this year. And so from a competitive balance point of view, yeah, maybe these 6,000 fans or 20,000 fans do make a difference in some level, but we're not really dealing with that this year. And then the the whole game planning thing and hard counts and worrying about the crowd and, and momentum and energy, that's kind of out of it. So what does that mean? I kind of look at it as, okay, now we're going to see who the best teams are, you know, the best coaches, the best players, the best management, because you can sort of take out that element of who's got the louder stadium, you know, and you take away the Seattle advantage and you take away the Dome's advantage. You know, my Packers going into New Orleans this week, if I'm a Packer fan, which I obviously am, am, I'm biased, yes, I'm like, oh, not as worried, you know, not as worried as a normal year going into the New Orleans. So these are the kind of things I think about. And let me just indulge me about the the Vegas stadium because it's a beautiful stadium and no one was there, but I'm just kind of shaking my head all Monday, Ross. I covered sports gambling for many years for, for talked about it here, wrote about it, ESPN all talking about it. And it just, I shake my head, you know, the NFL fought this forever forever in court no way players can't go to casino shut down the tony romo convention fantasy football (laughs) you know it's like and we got a team in vegas i mean it's like no one's like even giving it a second thought uh the change in attitude towards the once taboo of gambling is amazing to me what i don't really understand is why they spent so much money to fight it I mean, it's clearly a positive for their business and will be exponentially over the next 20 years. Was it just, is it kind of like the mask thing for the coaches where it's just kind of like a perception thing or a modeling thing? Like it's one thing to not be a proponent of it and not, you know, trying to lobby for it to get passed, but they spent millions of dollars fighting it. Seems like such a waste of money. (laughs) Well, now we get to lawyers. I just the way the reason they fought it for people who want to know is isn't doesn't sound very sexy, but they didn't want what is now this patchwork of state laws. We have legal in New Jersey, in Nevada, in Delaware, in Pennsylvania, and Connecticut. Some places not legal. They wanted federal. They wanted to do it with with Congress, 
And they had their chance all these years and couldn't get it through. And they were hopeful. Now we have a president who's a former casino owner, but that's obviously taken a way back seat. So now we have this patchwork. We have this live sports betting, and then we have the apps, but you can't use the apps in certain states. It doesn't seem to be a big deal to us, right? You know, that you that some states don't have it, but uh, that's what they wanted. But you're right. This is a huge boost to revenues. And revenues not only short-term, but long-term. When you talk about the asset value of these franchises, now with legalized sports gaming, that has gone up. You got to check out the Business of Sports podcast each and every week. It is the best podcast of its kind. One of our five podcasts on the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. We love it. We love listening. He gets guests that other people do not get. Check it out and check him out on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Ross. There he is, Andrew Brandt, Business of Sports. Speaking of business, by the way. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, Help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Tux Takes. Good morning, Ross. First item today, let's get back to the fines for the coaches not wearing masks. I know you and Andrew discussed it. Kyle Shanahan, Vic Fangio, John Gruden, Sean Payton, and Pete Carroll all fined $100,000 while their teams were fined 250000 So I talked about this last week a little bit, kind of gave my thoughts on it. You know, 100000 that's a pretty big chunk of change. What I would want if I were a coach, I just want consistency. And it seems like that's what they're trying to do. Hey, we want you to have the mask on the whole time. So, okay, what are the rules? What do I need to go by? These five guys evidently didn't follow what the NFL feels like they told them the rules were. Got it. I do believe what Andrew said is correct, that a lot of it is modeling, right? They want to try to be a good example for the country. I did get an email question from someone that said, well, I don't understand why they have to do it at all if they're being tested every day. My understanding on that is, A, I think it's still modeling in the example, but B, I don't think every test they do in their daily testing, I don't think they're getting it back, you know, within an hour or even 24 hours. Um, And even if it were 24 hours, you know, theoretically they could get tested Sunday morning, uh, but they don't get the results back till Monday. Maybe they got it overnight, Saturday night or Sunday, whatever, right? So, I think that's the reasoning, that's the logic, because it's not like these are like 15-minute response tests. I think it takes some time, because the NFL only said yesterday that there were no positive tests in week two. So clearly it takes them a few days to kind of get all those results. 
Tux Takes. All right, well, any more thoughts on the zero positive COVID test for week two? Well, so, you know, Steve and I, I mean, uh, you know, Andrew and I talked about it, and I kind of said my piece that I really thought that week two, week three would be the issue. I guess the only other two things I'll mention, Bri, are number one, I think five staff members tested positive. And I don't know if those are coaches or people elsewhere in the building, but I think it's noteworthy in my mind that the players are doing a better job than the regular employees, than the regular staff is. The players are zero, but the staff gets five positives. The other thing is, I would just say in general, I am nervous about this as we move into uh, colder weather. Because I don't know about other people, I don't know about the listeners, but you know, I have gone out to eat several times. But when I go out to eat, I only go out to eat outside because, you know, the stuff I've read, stuff I've heard, I'm not comfortable eating inside. Well, I mean, at some point that's going to be, I mean, someone's going to be too cold to be eating outside. So I'm not going to go inside to places because it seems like that's the number one way people get the virus, but other people will start to do that. And you wonder if it makes it spread more at that point. Takes. Back to football. Some interesting signings yesterday. The Broncos in quarterback Blake Bortles and the Giants sign running back Devonta Freeman. And both of these guys, first of all, these are two big name guys that have both made over $20 million in the NFL that they could afford in their mind to wait for the right opportunity. Right? Like, if it were me, and I would have signed as soon as somebody offered the minimum, especially week one of my salary would be guaranteed, but even week two. But these guys, they made a lot of money. And what's interesting is both these guys, and I don't know how much money they're making with the Giants or the Broncos, but both these guys, pretty clearly, Bry, they wanted a chance to perhaps play. You know, Bortles was the backup for Goff all year last year. I don't think he really enjoyed that. I think Bortles likes to play. And I think he believes that uh, – I'm a little confused on this because I think Locke's only out three to five weeks. But I guess Bortles feels like maybe he has a chance to play in Denver. Driscoll did some positive things. I think they gave him two and a half million guaranteed. So I don't know that Bortles is going to get a chance to play. But reportedly he was waiting for a chance to potentially play. And then – for the Giants and Devontae Freeman, this is exactly what he was waiting for, which is an opportunity to once again boost his value and be the main guy, which I think he thinks he'll be in a week or two, and show his worth. So I guess kudos to these guys. They don't want to just sit. They want to actually get a chance to perhaps go out there and play. Freeman definitely will. I don't know about Bortles. Tucks takes. One injury that you didn't touch on yesterday on the Power Rankings podcast. Washington right guard Brandon Sheriff has a sprained MCL, and he's going to miss a few weeks. So this is good news because there was some concern, some thought that he had a torn ACL and missed the rest of the season. So this is actually positive news for Sheriff uh, and for the Redskins or Washington football team, but especially for Sheriff. He's on the franchise tag. You know, this is a contract year for him, 
torn ACL would not be the way you want to enter free agency, which is part of the risk you take when you just do the one-year tag rather than getting a long-term deal. I will say, as far as Sheriff is concerned, he has missed games like every year of his career. It seems like he misses a few games. So just something to keep in mind for a team that's going to pay him a lot of money this offseason. Speaking of paying a lot of money, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How do you pass that up? And here's what I love about DraftKings. Safe, reliable, and secure. Easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. What you should do is listen to the Even Money podcast because I was up seven units. So that's the money you win. And then you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code ROSS when you sign up to get the can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week three. Bet $1 on them and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code ROSS during sign-up. Limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey PA only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address is ross at rostucker.com. Again, ross at rostucker.com. If you take advantage of any of our awesome sponsors or just purchase something on Amazon or even just rate and review the show, which helps, take a screenshot or forward me the email. Send it to me, ross at rostucker.com. You might be the sponsor confirmation email winner, but you can definitely ask me a question. And we are low on questions. Very, very low. So please hit me up. What do you got, Brian? Hey, Ross. Hey, Brian. It's Tuckheads J. Heard the question asked of you from Joel a couple of weeks ago about the cell phones and your daughters. Great question, but I'm going to up the stakes here. Now, I'm pushing into the pot my recent 1-800-Flowers order that I got from my wife as a surprise gift, which she loved, by the way, so thank you for that. So the question is, what's your plan on how to deal with your daughter's boyfriends? Good luck with that, bro. Keep up the great work. Jay, what are you trying to do to me? I mean... Jay is the most prolific member of our private Tuckheads Slack channel, patreon.com slash RT Media. I was in a really good mood today, looking forward to Minshew versus Fitz tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. And you had asked me about my eight and, and my seven and eight year old's boyfriends. Man, that is rough, bro. Really rough. Um, I don't really know. One strategy I have right now is to smile, be exceedingly nice, but when I shake the young man's hand, try to break his hand. Like, just try to crush his hand. While I'm smiling, my daughter will be there. She'll see how nice I am. I'll be just like this. And as I'm smiling, nice to meet you, Joseph. I am just squeezing his hand as hard as I possibly can. And so even though I'm smiling and you can see it on YouTube and I'm being nice, 
he knows and I know. And he knows that I know and I know that he knows. And that's all you have to do. That's it. That's that. That's my strategy right now is to continue to do forearm exercises for the next five, six years and grip strength while I'm in the car with the gripper. And then just make sure that that young man feels the power and feels the strength while I'm as nice as could be to him. Um, you feel like, Bri, like I'm obviously kind of joking, but not really. Like, is that something that I'll like, well, well, I get an email being like, I can't believe you said that. That is horrible. You would, you would try to hurt a young man. Like, I just think it stinks that we are in a part of time where even that, I wouldn't be shocked if I get an email from somebody. Your thoughts, Brian? I think there's. It doesn't matter what you're going to say. If you go, if you want to go out and say that the grass is green or the sky is blue, I think someone's going to send an email saying, "How dare you say that?" Uh, as far as what you actually said, you don't need to squeeze as hard as you can, and you know, and cut off blood supply. But I think that the the young man will know and get the message very clearly. So. I'm I'm all for it. That's the strategy right now. If anybody has anything better, hit me up. Ross at RossTucker.com. Shop local with Visa to help support your community because where you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing. Love it. DynastyFreaks.com. Sportaculture. SteakhouseSports.com. Vision Comics with an X. Make sure you listen to Even Money Podcast from yesterday. Emery was great on College Draft Podcast. SEC football is back this Saturday. And, of course, we'll get you started for your fantasy lineups. I got a big win in week two, Bri. I'm rolling now with Joe Dolan on the Fantasy Feast. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.